Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. This episode of Life as an Observer is made possible by patron support. If you'd like to support this program, you can visit patron.podbean.com backslash life as an observer to learn more. All right, welcome to Life as an Observer podcast. I am Ryan Bean, your host today, and I'm trying something a little bit different trying to record outside. So I spend a lot of time in nature and uh, van lifing. And most of the time I try to find really quiet environments to record these podcasts. But for this in particular podcast, it's just a really nice day outside and uh, there's birds chirping. I am in Southern Utah in the high desert. I think I'm about 8,000 feet right now in elevation. Uh, I am at a public space so there is a few vehicles here and there and uh, maybe a, a fan or an air conditioner kicking on but I'm out in the mountains and it's really really nice so I thought I would share that experience with you at least um, via audio and uh, see how it works I would love to hear your uh, feedback if that uh, you know that this experience is uh, distracting or if it, you really like it um, <coughs> And usually uh, the best way to give me feedback, you can do it through uh, commenting through the uh, podcast, you know, giving your reviews, um, which is wonderful. I've been looking for more reviews. So if you have a moment and you're liking the content of this show, just uh, just a quick review. It really, really helps um, where we sit in the way of the charts. And even if you don't say anything, it's really just about the stars. You know, <laughs> it's about that. And you can say podcast yay you know and, and it's still going to count as a as a review so um you don't need to spend a lot of time other than just putting the stars but um another really great way is through uh being a part of uh, our patrons so i had there's a patron side to this podcast and i announced it there at the beginning but it's on podbean is who is our is distributor and hoster and we have this great option to be ad free now i will tell you that I've been propositioned for some ads and um, our patronage has uh, maybe been dwindling a little bit. Uh, a few people canceling, a few people uh, you know, changing their subscriptions and then we just haven't had as many uh, people who are uh, subscribing these days. So I've been uh, asked if I will take ads and I'm considering that as an option. However, with your uh, support even as low as two dollars a month uh, you get access to a lot of content I just encourage you to go look at it go see what it looks like for you because the, I just actually just uploaded something today which was a meditation and breath work I have live sessions almost every live session that I do uh, with groups 
I record. Now, one-on-one sessions, I have a couple of them on the clinician side. So if you're a therapist, a psychiatrist, and you're helping folks and you want to add breath work, I do have a few of those on the clinician level, which is the $9 level. You can do that per month. These are specific uh, mostly to ketamine-assisted psychotherapy and just guided uh, therapy with breath. So ketamine breath work, which is our patent-pending protocol for uh, that particular type of work with ketamine or psychedelic work. So you can go there. And the third way is just through my uh, social sites, Ryan Bean Yoga. Really great way to, to be able to contribute and just offer stuff. It's nice to feel that value sometimes and that appreciation. So um, I have a few things coming up, but I'll talk about those. And then I'll jump into today's episode. I'll tell you, I've been rambling with today's episode because, well, if you've noticed, I've been gone for a little while. You may not have noticed, but but I've been traveling a lot and I've been having a hard time isolating and identifying what it is that I want to talk about. I find that I'm like, I have so much to talk about and then it leaves me to talking about nothing. So very interesting couple weeks of traveling throughout Utah and Nevada and uh, and just trying to expand our business into some of the larger cities so if you're you know if you're in some of these cities that we're coming to for ketamine breathwork uh, Salt Lake City is one of them Vegas uh, Carlsbad Boise and we're doing some other stuff throughout the Mountain West and even further Um, we'd be happy to hear from you if you're interested in hosting some of these sessions or you're uh, interested in hearing more I post a lot of stuff on my Instagram at Ryan Bean Yoga and you'll get information about what ketamine is and how we use it and um, I even post a few things there. So let me tell you what I have coming up. So I, I have a, uh, a retreat coming up really, really soon. Well, I say pretty soon. It's, it's a soon enough time that you can easily sign up for it and kind of uh, prepare for it. So I'm um, doing something with my friend Veronica Rose. And um, V and I have been doing stuff with expansion retreats with our friend Anya for a, quite a while. But we're doing something really, really special, and it's called the Visionary Veterans Campout. Now, I plan on having uh, V on the podcast very soon, maybe even as early as next episode. But this particular uh, Visionary Veterans Campout, is what we're calling it, is going to be at the Hostel in the Forest in Brunswick, Georgia. Now, this is going to be October the 13th through the 16th. what an amazing way to, for veterans to get together and to practice uh, holistic healing modalities outside of traditional medicine and really kind of working in some of these holistic men, uh, modalities. Let me tell you a little bit about it. So uh, you can see stuff on it on visionaryvets.org. That's our webpage for this. And that's October the 13th through 16th. So if you're wondering where Brunswick, Georgia is, it's just maybe just a, a less than an hour, 45 minutes from Jacksonville, or maybe just about the same distance from Savannah. So it's right in between there. You could fly to Orlando or or Jacksonville or Savannah or even Atlanta, I suppose, and have a, a, a pretty easy commute. So the Visionary Veterans Campout interconnects like-minded wellness warriors, uh, utilizing nature, art, holistic pra- practices to revive the spirit. What you can expect is uh, guidance from an all-veterans staff. For those who didn't know, I'm a veteran. Uh, Yoga, meditation, breath work, nature immersion, art, painting. I'm going to do some ice baths, do some Wim Hof Method fundamentals. Um, We're going to do a sweat lodge with our friend 
um, Iron Eagle Joe, and some alternative healthcare, including biomagnetism and sound healing, and really just having a veteran network. So who is this for? Well, really any veterans, but if you're feeling isolated or you're feeling burned out or you're feeling you're still um, looking for alternative ways to heal from trauma or anxiety or depression, um, you just want to get out, seek some travel, get out there and be on a spiritual path. Well, then you need to go to visionaryvets.org. That's where you register, you complete the application, and then we're going to instruct you to call the hostel in the forest to make your deposit. It starts as, early, as low as $200 for the deposit and the rest of it we can uh, handle when you arrive on site. So bring your battle buddy, bring your friend, bring whoever it is that's a veteran with you. And um, for our visionary veterans camp out. Now I have some stuff on my Instagram if you want to see pictures of this. It's pretty awesome. Um, but visionaryvets.org uh, or for the Visionary Veterans Camp Out October 13 through 16. Now, I have some other retreats coming up, and I haven't talked about them a lot because I think we're still kind of um, validating some of the details. But I may have another one at the Hostel in the Forest in November, and this will be more of an art and meditation retreat. Um, and I'll be look for announcements on that very, very soon. Also, uh, we have moved the Inspire Fest. If you notice, if you looked at the show notes, it's no longer in October in Austin, Texas. We have moved it, and it'll be happening in April now. So just kind of mark your calendars there to think about coming to Utah now. Coming out to Homestead Ranch Resort, and we're doing a, a weekend, Jesse Coomer and I, of Breathwork Retreat. That is going to be happening really soon. In addition to the, uh, the Inspire Fest, we'll have our uh, art and meditation retreat in in uh, November at the Hostel in the Forest. I'll put everything in the show notes. I have uh, another retreat we're doing uh, in December for ketamine breathwork and uh, a couple other weekend activities, uh, different full weekends full of yoga and different stuff that I'm ha- doing. So I'll just put it all in the show notes. You can read down there. Uh, I'm kind of excited. I may actually have my friend Lacey on the, on the podcast here soon getting ready to do, be a speaker at their event. So uh, if you're interested in kind of seeing some of the other speaking events and you just want to show up to them, um, September the 27th, I'm going to be speaking for the Seven Elements of Wellness at their uh, monthly event, uh, speaking on the physical element. And um, you can easily access them just by checking them out on Instagram, Seven Elements of Wellness, or also the Seven Elements of Wellness.com. Uh, and they have some information on there on the upcoming retreat. So kind of neat, kind of amazing, kind of wonderful. I'm really excited to, to, to kind of participate in this. And finally, <laughs> finally, finally, um, I released a bunch of stuff on Insight Timer recently. Uh, live recordings, meditations, breath work. And I'm going to be expanding that. Now, within that realm of insight timer i'm going to have a course that there'll be a recorded course and some corporate stuff uh corporate training and that'll all be in there for meditation breath work but the big one is language of breath collective is now live that is my course with jesse coomer and it is live on the uh languageofbreath.com's page and it'll take you to a kind of learning platform and it's a live it's a recorded course and that has some live elements but it's a recorded course seven weeks 
and you can do one-on-ones with me through there if you wanted to do live stuff. Um, or you can also just uh, listen to the, the recordings of Jesse, I, and some of the other collective members and get breathwork training. Uh, it's really an amazing opportunity for a very low cost. And I'm offering this particular course. I will put the affiliate link in the show notes because it's good to click that because it gives me some credit for it. But also, I'm going to offer all listeners who use that a $50 uh, off so it brings it down to around $350 rather than $400. So the course, you can use the code RYAN50 when you check out. And you're going to get that course. And I think you have access to it for uh, maybe forever. I forget what, exactly how long. But until we move it to another platform, and I think we'll, we'll be changing that soon. But um, we'll extend that offer at least for six months to a year. So, um, But for the time being, using that code, uh, get access to the... Uh, language of breath collective uh, breath work course and it's pretty awesome if I do say so myself <laughs> so let's jump into today's uh, let's jump into today's podcast now I told you I was bouncing around with a lot of different ideas and you know normally I start these podcasts sometimes with a quote or I start them with um, you know an idea or a thought and sometimes I just have a rant. And today is kind of a rant because I've had a lot that I want to talk about. I, wanna, I wanted to talk about productivity and the, how much we work and how much we don't need to work. And I may still do that as a podcast in the future. But I sort of let that idea run out, um, mostly because I was working through some other things, very emotional for me. And one of them had to do with rejection and dating um, I mean, that's a whole other podcast too, which I may actually even tie into today, but it's in, in general, that's a whole other podcast, getting over that trigger of being rejected and how that makes you feel and how to recover from that. If you've ever felt that, comment in the, in the, in the, in the show notes or when you do a review that you felt that before, because it's a really tough one. And it's something even me teaching you. Um, through this podcast, I am being a student because I am learning how to uh, uh, adjust my mindset to to that state of being. I'm so used to being confident, and recently I had a a situation that that um, tried to rob me of my confidence. So that kind of led me to starting to read one of my favorite authors, a guy named Young Pueblo, who. Hey, if you're listening, I would love to talk to you, sir. But I'm going to quote him today because the uh, content that I found uh, from him really, really resonated with me. And um, I was just really appreciative and grateful for him. And I forget where exactly I found it on the Internet, but I I found an article that said, whenever you're stuck on the path of self-discovery, you can use these 11 reminders to help ground you as you move. And... I would say that I have been on this path of self-discovery for quite some time. I, I remember when it was really hard and I had to reaffirm to myself that I was on this path to awakening or whatever. And now I'm just noticing that I show up differently. And I think that's really when you know that you're on your path, right, is when you show up differently in times that would have triggered you before or when you would have reacted and you show up as an observer, like the podcast name, right? But I doesn't mean that I'm um, in a place of perfection. None of us are, right? In a place of perfection on this path. 
of self-discovery. We have our slip-ups. We have our human moments. We have our times when we feel very, very human. And sometimes we feel like unconfident humans. And sometimes we feel like we're rejected and sometimes we feel unloved and sometimes we feel depressed and sometimes we feel anxiety and keeping in mind how i'm addressing these we feel these things they are not who we are and we need to change our narrative if we believe we are anxious or we are depressed or we are uh, you know something that is rejected but we feel these feelings and it's okay to feel them however sometimes we get stuck in them and we're like, how do I get out of them? And so then we will, we'll move into places like psychedelic experiences or maybe, you know, meditation, or we'll get a coach or we'll go see a therapist or we'll do a lot of different things to really get us unstuck. But I wanted to go through each one of Young Pueblo's 11 reminders because each one of them is spot on. And we may have a little dialogue around all of them and sort of talk where we're at. So starting with number one, it says, as you move forward, Number one is accept your imperfections. Number one, accept your imperfections. Wow, this is a big one for me, and it's the first one. So recently, I <laughs> recently I got reading glasses. I was finding myself uh, squinting at nighttime reading in the van, um, even looking at my phone, looking at the laptop, doing work. And I was starting to blame it on things like uh, the lighting or even blaming it on cannabis, you know, blaming it on all these things that really had, that was, was not acceptance at all. It was just saying, oh, I'll blame it on something. I'll, I'll say it, it's this, maybe I'm tired. And not accepting the reality that my eyes are beginning to need assistance. And so... <laughs> <laughs> one day I was out, I was at my mother's house and she had a, a pair of readers there. And I, so I put them on and looked at my, my book that I had there with me. Um, the book was the Bhagavad Gita that I'm studying for yoga teacher training. Cause I'm teaching that uh, to my students and everything changed. My whole world changed by putting on these readers. Now they were a little bit too much of a magnification for me, but it made me realize that I need to accept that my eyes and needed that. And it was because I had this narrative that I have these, this perfect eyesight. When I was in the military, my eyesight was be, be above perfect. Um, you know, where they said, you, you should be a pilot because your, your eyes are so good. And I've always said, I can see way over there and read that sign. And I've always, and that was in my ego that I had this great eyesight. However, it's now failing. Well, failing is not the word. It's beginning to need assistance. And I had to accept that. And that was a very hard thing. And I can tell you that I've been going through this for, for months, months and months. So I went to the local warehouse store and bought a three pack. Um, I could tell you that I am not, um, I'm not loving them necessarily wearing them, but I do like what I see now when I'm reading. And um, I'm, I ordered some new frames on, um, on Amazon. Now, if you have, if any of you are in the, the eyeglass business with readers and you have some really cool frames, I want something that fits my personality. And I think that's maybe why I don't love these readers so much as it just doesn't suit my personality, but, uh, eventually I'm sure I'll find them. So if you have some that you really like, shoot them, shoot the link my way and tell me how, why you like them. But, um, accepting your imperfections. Now this can be a whole series of things. Imperfections could be how you show up. It could be that some days are harder than others. Accepting your imperfections could also be that it's never going to be perfect. 
and that it's okay to be in this place of contentment. It's okay. You don't have to succeed to be of value. You don't have to be perfect to be valued, valuable to someone else or to yourself. You can simply say, ah, that was a really good day with lots of effort. And that was amazing. And I'm accepting where I'm at. This is really going to help you sleep, friends. I mean, if those of you are tossing and turning at night or having a hard time accepting what you have accomplished in the day, that particular step is saying, I'm accepting that I'm imperfect and that today was not perfect. And that's okay. It doesn't need to be. It never will be. So number one, accept your imperfections. Number two, when you're stuck on this path of self-discovery is take small steps. These small steps make a difference. Small steps are massive. I teach this when we, when I do manifesting classes and everybody wants to manifest like the, the new lover in their bed, or they want to manifest the, the big amounts of money. I want to be a millionaire. They manifest these big things and then find themselves frustrated because they're not getting what they manifested. And it's not that it's not possible because it's very possible. However, <laughs> however, small steps are much more likely to come into your experience and create momentum around the big items that you're trying to manifest. You got to start small. I do things like uh, parking spots or hitting all the green lights on the way home or just something very, very small that um, you're trying to manifest. This person will call me or whatever. It's very, very small. It equals a whole lot eventually. Okay. So we have to sort of dissect what we're trying to accomplish in a day, not just with uh, you know manifesting, but with ourselves. If I were to tell you my entire daily routine, you would, mo- many of you would not do it because you would say, that seems like too much for me to do to gain momentum in the morning. So you would end up not doing any of it. Breath work, meditation, mantra, making the bed, you know, uh, focus wheel, doing manifesting techniques, getting into an ice bath. You just be like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't have the time for that. It doesn't work for me. It could, but you got to start small, start small with one thing. And when I was teaching, um, at the, at the university, when I was teaching a, a mindfulness, uh, class, the thing that I told my students that they could do, even though uh, all these things, the first thing they can do is just not look at their cell phone until after 9 a.m. That's it. That was the first step. Small step to gaining a long-term benefit of not being bound to their phone, um, to being able to do mantras and affirmations and so forth. But the first step was to be mindful about their use of their cell phone. So uh, when when you're stuck on this path of self-discovery, step two is take small steps because they make a difference. Now, number three, forcing it doesn't work. Forcing it doesn't work. Let that go. Forcing is really a lot of effort. And that kind of goes into what I was going to talk about when I was preparing for work less for more productivity podcast is we sometimes force ourselves into working so hard that we end up doing something, um, that is called cyber loafing. Okay. Cyber loafing is when you just sit there and you gaze at your phone for maybe an hour or two. We lose, I think the study showed uh, that we lose like two hours in a day just to cyber loafing. And it's because we're forcing things and we start to burn out on them. We don't want to do them anymore. We try to force 
Um, I see when people, when they do breath work, they try to squeeze and hold and force, and that's not how it works. To get into an ice bath and squeeze and make it happen is not going to get you the added benefit that you want. You have to ease in and find peace. Let go of the expectation and simply allow. You know, there's so many statements out there like let go and let God. And, you know, there's, they're all out there about being present and just being in the now and not trying to bring in all this other weight. And it's really just about what is there. I do this in a Vipassana meditations where we just accept what is there and not try to change it, not try to fix it, just accept it and be there. And this is really an important one because especially in a very uh, fast-paced culture um, that many of us live in, the expectation is that we work harder, longer, faster, um, more productive, you know, to, to do that. But really, I have found that my greatest happiness has been to work less. Not because I don't like work, just because I feel like most of the time when I'm at working, I'm not as productive um, than I could be if I was just at ease. That's why there hasn't been a podcast in, in three weeks, because I have been being present with my emotions and my feelings and working on other projects that are also equally as important as this podcast is to me. Really just wanting to create a, uh, an environment in which I don't feel as though I have to do something to feel a value. My value is already there and it's really just me finding that acceptance. So uh, number three on that reminder to help you ground, forcing it doesn't work. Let that go. Let it go. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> Number four. Um, and to me, I guess these two, I guess these two really flow together. But number four, uh, Young Pueblo tells us that we really need to make time for rest um, and really make that a top priority. I used to feel really guilty about this. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but um, I used to feel really guilty about sleeping in. Because again, I would feel like, oh, I have this routine that I'm supposed to be doing and, uh, you know, I have work and I have all these different things that I'm supposed to be doing, right? And if I sleep in, that means that I'm kind of a lazy guy. Maybe I got that from my, my, my upbringing. Maybe I got that from school. I don't know. But like, you know, that's always like the early bird catches the worm, you know, all these things that are out there that tell you you need to get up early, that you need to go to bed early, that staying up late isn't good, don't look at your phone. You know, there's all these stuff, but it, I mean, which is true. But really, does it matter when you get your rest? I would say no. I would say no, it doesn't matter when you get your rest, just that you do get it. And so be kind to yourself, make time for rest and make that a top priority, even if that means saying, I'm going to miss out on this activity. I'm going to not show up to this thing. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to rest. I'm going to lay in my bed, even if you're not sleeping, reading, uh, recapturing your energy. And in a, in a fast-paced society, we find that we, we, we compensate for our lack of energy through the abundance of caffeine. And that is not the answer, friends. Um, I, I can tell you I'm not sponsored by any means by any of these companies, but I love uh, drinking functional mushrooms. I love, um, my favorite is by Four Sigmatic. I drink that when I'm feeling that way. I need focus and energy. I don't use caffeine as, a, as the tool. 
Um, I mean, occasionally I'll have a tea and I like those. I like chai tea and I like some herbal mates, but don't drink coffee anymore. And uh, even mud water is another one that I really like. Actually, my friend Jesse just did an article for them, uh, for mud water about their product and um, go check it out on their webpage, mudwater.com. But great. I'm not associated with them necessarily, but except through, through Jesse, but, um, great article about breath work and how that affects us. And so, yeah, using breath work and using some of these plants that are available to us to create, um, energy that way we can rest because I have found that caffeine, if I drink it too late in the day, like most of us, it affects how I sleep at night. It's just not good. So, um, make time for rest and make it a top priority. Now, uh, number five on this list um, to help us ground as we move forward is um, embracing change builds your peace. So embracing change, embracing change. I had a, a patient recently that said that she didn't want to do the work of breath work and working through some of the neural connectivity and the neural pathways in her mind because she was afraid that she would change (laughs) and if she changed then she wouldn't know who she is and her animals wouldn't and she wouldn't be able to relate to them or horses and she didn't want to change because of the fear of change as though it were um, something really bad and i don't really look at it as a positive or a negative experience change is just a fact of life it's just the way things are you know even even uh the big change right the big change which is when you transition from your physical body and you you, you die you croak you you pass on and you change <laughs> your existence changes quite dramatically Ram Dass says that um when he talked to his non-physical friend um his non-physical friend Gabriel has told him that um that death really is, is, uh, for the most part painless and it's completely safe, completely safe. I think is the words that he used. And it's kind of like taking off an old tight shoe, putting on a new one. That's what death is like. And that is what embracing change is like. It builds peace knowing that it's okay to be a different person. This is why relationships fall apart because we don't accept change. This is why um, we have burnout in our jobs because we don't accept change. This is why our relationships get really old and tired. Um, this is why um, we find dissatisfaction with ourselves. It's okay to change. It's okay to change your hair color. It's okay to grow a beard and shave it off. It's okay to not be who your personality wants you to believe who you think you're supposed to be. You can move into a van, you can move into a big house, you can live on a boat, you can travel the world, you can do whatever you like and embrace change because that will build your peace. And I can tell you firsthand that me moving into van life has done that. I worry very little about a lot of things. (laughs) And worry really is the killer of of our hopes and dreams. When we worry, we tend to obsess on the the opposite of what is wanted rather than what is wanted. Embrace change, friends. It'll build your peace and it'll help you on this path of self-discovery. Now, number six, be kind, but don't be a people pleaser. Ooh, be kind, but don't be a people pleaser. <sighs> wow. So for me, I um, am... 
a person of service. That's the, really the way that I show my love. That's my love language. I am a giver of service. And I know that about myself. I am more that than I am, you know, um, words of affirmation. I'm more than that than I am physical touch. I am certainly a, a person who acts in service to show my love. However, we have to set boundaries. Okay. And I'm, this is not an episode on boundaries. I did one of those uh, last year and you can go back and look at that. Um, but you can be kind to people, but don't let them walk all over you. You have to really prioritize yourself first. I find this a lot where, especially in this role that I have, whatever you want to call it, of being of service, some people would call it, you know, a healer or shaman, shamanic uh, practices or yogi and, and yogic practices or breath worker or meditator that we're supposed to just be available, like as though we were, well, the stereotypical, the monk should just be there, the priest should just be there, the, the spiritual leader should just be there for you, but they're humans just like you. And if it's okay to be kind and be gentle, but it doesn't mean we have to say yes to everything. It means we can say, ooh, fun. I'm not gonna be available for that though. And this has been a tough one for me as I've moved along my path of self-discovery because I was afraid of losing friends. And that may have happened. Um, for the most part, I don't have a lot of close friends and uh, not even really like a large group of people that I would say friends. I have a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people who know me. Um, even in my local community, I've been called celebrity and, and famous and I, I don't agree to that, but um, people know me, but I don't know them. And so they may ask me for things with charm saying, oh, I know you. Oh, will you come to do this thing at my church? Well, that sounds great, but I, it, it doesn't seem to be in alignment with what I'm doing. And I've done that with, with paying jobs. I've done that with, um, you know, service projects. Just because you're working in the realm of helping people doesn't mean your time doesn't have value. You have value. Your time has value. Remember, be kind, but don't give everything you have just for the hope of making friends. All right, number seven. Number seven, build with emotionally mature people. Build with emotionally mature people. So um, that's, that's, I want to kind of break this down a little bit. So building, what is building? Building might be a relationship. It might be a business. It might be an idea. It might be simply just sharing time, building, creating, wh whatever it is that you're doing. So building doesn't necessarily need, mean um, something really, really big. It could be just simply being in a, in a place of sharing space. But we need to remember the second piece of this, emotionally mature. Now, emotionally mature usually means that there is somewhat of a, of a level of communication already in place. And that is your responsibility, friends. If someone else is not taking responsibility for, for communicating their needs, wants, desires, then you need to express yours. See where they match. Uh, let me relate this to someone. I wanted to hang out with this, this woman. I found her attractive, wanted to spend time with her. And we started talking. And I found out that we are not at all alike. We were just attracted to each other, but not at all alike. And instead of saying, well, let's do it anyway, and then it ending in disaster, the emotionally mature side of me said, well, 
maybe we shouldn't do that because somebody's going to get hurt. It's, it's either going to be you or me. And I know that we're not the same. And if we're not the same and we're trying to build something, what can we possibly build if we are not being honest? Now, being honest uh, doesn't necessarily mean lying. It just means not speaking your truth. It means not using the throat chakra uh, vibration in a way that expresses what you do want, but also what you don't want. Now, I live in nature, so if someone doesn't enjoy nature, that's probably not a relationship I would like to build because I know that it will end in disaster with a bug or a, an insect or you know a, an animal or dirt or maybe not showering for a couple of days, it'll end because um, we were not honest with each other. So build with emotionally mature people and have emotionally mature conversations and boundaries. This will certainly help you to alleviating suffering down the road. You may not like it in the beginning. You may hate it, actually. You may say that it's like really, really dumb that you need to have these conversations. But having them will prevent... Um, discomfort. I hate to use the word pain or suffering, but it'll, it'll prevent discomfort in the splitting up of that relationship or the building of that in future. So as it relates to that example, I can stay friends with that person, just not build the relationship further than it already is because I know it, it has not no future. So building with emotionally mature people. Number eight, let go of the past and be in the present. How many times have we heard this, friends? We've heard this so many times that, um, you know, being present is where all creation happens. It's where everything happens. And creation doesn't happen in our past because we can't go back and work on it. Creation doesn't happen in our future because we can't just think about it and there it is. We have to be present with where we are at right here and now, whether we be in a financial abundance state or whether we be in a lacking state, whether we be in a love state or seeking love or whatever, wherever we are, this is a, 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 I guess a place for a Vipassana to really come into places. Let go of who you thought you were. Let go of that personality, that idealism that you said, this is who I was. I had to do this when I was going through college. When I was going to get my graduate degree, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I I said, I guess I'll do this. But it wasn't who I really wanted to be. You know, when I came back and I was teaching yoga, I thought that's where I wanted to be. We're always changing. This kind of goes back to us embracing change to build peace is embrace change that says I'm not who I was in the past and I'm right here in the present. I'm right here. And this is where I create this is where I make changes, and this is where I appreciate and love and grow. The future is going to happen, and the past is going to be the past. It'll be a memory. The problem is when we don't let go of that, it creates a, a timeline trauma saying, I experienced this then, and it's defining me who I am today. Well, that's an old way of thinking, friends. Who you were and the experiences you had don't necessarily mean that's who you have to be today. It doesn't matter. You have the ability to change. Embrace change builds peace. Remember, that's number five. And then number eight, let go of the past and be in the present so you can change. This is where we get stuck is I am this person and I, there's no way I could ever heal because this thing happened to me. That is wrong. That is BS answer. That is not the right answer. You can certainly change and you can certainly let go of your past. All things change. 
Trees change, animals change, your experiences change, your mind can change, your heart can grow, your education level can change, and who you experience life with can also change. You can do this, friends. You just have to make that as an acceptance as I'm not who I was yesterday, and I'm not who I'm going to be tomorrow, but I'm who I am right now in this moment. Uh, Number nine, getting through this list is kind of fun. I'm actually getting kind of passionate about it and want to like hang this list up in my my van so I can look at it every day. Um, Number nine, build habits that support your happiness. Now, I guess that kind of goes into intention setting, right? Um, I'm looking out into the distance here where I'm sitting in the mountains and there's a storm rolling in. I'm really grateful for this. Um, Maybe I can relate it here to number nine, but... um, we haven't got a lot of rain in the last three years here in the southern Utah and in the Great Basin area. And it's been raining every day for the last two weeks. And I think it's going to rain almost every day for the next two weeks. And so hopefully it fills our reservoirs, floods our streets, floods the swimming pools and, and, and ponds. Um, but I see a storm rolling in. So if you hear thunder um, or rain, that's just me out here podcasting. <laughs> well, let's get into number nine. Build habits that support your happiness. So what makes you happy? You know, right? We have to define that first. We have to say, well, what makes me happy? For me, freedom equals happiness. That's I always stick by that freedom. So being in the van is freedom. Working when I need to or want to, that's freedom. Um, for me, sometimes being single is freedom. And and again, this is all how you relate it. For some of you, it may say, oh, well, being in a partnership is freedom. And some of you may say, well, I need partnership to find that happiness, or, you know, I want the job. But I think it's it kind of goes back to acceptance, right? So as we accept um, where we are and, um, okay, this is what I do, find the moments that really stand out for you. So let me kind of go through some examples. The the moments that stand out for me in the most recent uh, history was when I was uh, climbing the mountains near Cleom, Washington, and I was digging for these quartz crystals. And I saw another hiker along the way and he wondered what I was doing there and told him I was digging quartz crystals up in the uh, the mountains there. And he said, how did you even know this place existed? And it was like my research and watching a video here and then digging into it and seeing the geological surveys and then going there and then there was the crystals and then I pull them out and then I bring them home and I put the iron out on them and I shine them up and polish them. And, and that created a moment of happiness that is in my past, but I get to look at those crystals every day now. And it reminds me of that day. That habit really of just saying, you know what, I'm here. I'm going to go out there and do that brings me a lot of happiness. Something else that brings me a lot of joy is doing breath work every day and kind of connecting into that little buzz that you get from an altered state breath or a hypoxic breath work, that little buzz that says I'm alive, I'm here, and I get to control how I feel. I get to decide how I feel is a better way to say that. I get to decide how I feel today, and I'm going to start it with the buzz of my nervous system that says, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to swallow this up. I'm ready to accept and I'm ready to, 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 to challenge myself to who I think I am, to who I'm becoming. Now, your habits might be other things. You may say, well, I really like meditating or I really like to go for a jog or a run. I might like to cycle. Whatever it is that you like to do. It doesn't need to be physical. It doesn't need to be mental or spiritual. It just needs to be something that you enjoy doing, which is a habit or a routine. So for me, when I travel, I dig crystals. Another one was really cool. I was out and I found this old abandoned mine out in west, uh, the west desert of Utah. And yeah, maybe it said don't trespass. And so I didn't go too deep into the mine to trespass. But in the tailings pile, which there was no sign there, I get to dig around and find chrysocolla and 
found some turquoise and some malachite, some azurite, just all really blues and greens and gorgeous stuff. And it made me feel really happy that that was my routine. That was the thing that I do. That's who I, who I think I am, at least now. I may stop that eventually, but I love it. And I love being out there. Now, Miss B, my dog, as you know her, she doesn't like it as much to, uh, <laughs> to be out in the hot desert sun. Um, but she does love the exploration. So I'm grateful for that. And I think I would always, I would say that if I'm going to be in a partnership, it would need to be with someone who also enjoys at least the idea of adventure and being outside. You don't need necessarily need to know crystals or like them, but just the idea of being out there and, and, and exploring. Cause that would, if I were to take that piece away from me, I it would certainly be giving up my happiness for someone else's benefit. And I think we do that all too often where we give up our happiness because we want to keep a relationship and the things that make us happy. And we say, Oh, well, but I like this relationship. I don't want it to go away. So I'll, I'll stop being who I want to be. I'll be who you want me to be. Um, don't do that. That makes you really fake and, and quite the imposter in your own human experience. You're being someone that is not you, and you're certainly not going to be your most happy and productive self if you are adhering to that uh, idea that you need to please someone else. So that goes back to where we're being a people pleaser, number six. But right here, build habits that support your happiness. Whatever that is, if you don't have any habits that build your happiness, start now. <laughs> start now. Pick anything. And if it doesn't make you happy, stop doing that. Pick something else. If that doesn't make you happy, pick something else. If that doesn't make you happy, pick something else. If you find nothing that makes you happy, all you need to do is take the one time in your moment, in your day, your life, that hour, that minute, that second, where you're not thinking about tomorrow, where you're not thinking about yesterday, and you're simply in that present moment and you go, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm content. Whatever you're doing in that moment, that's your habit that supports your happiness and build upon it. Oh, I hear thunder in the background, friends. I really like it. All right, that makes me happy. So number 10, let's see if we can get through these before the rain comes in. Huh? Number 10 is let go of competition and just be yourself. I see this all the time. I don't know why I wanted to say that slow, but maybe for em emphasis, but especially in the world of breath workers and mine's better than yours. And what are you doing and how are you doing this? Let's go, let's let go of all that. The yoga world, same thing. Uh, what yoga do you teach? Oh, well, I teach this kind. So, uh. and it, <laughs> I don't know who I was trying to impersonate there, but, but let go of competition. It doesn't matter. I think I saw Gary V talk about it and he's like, I don't even know who my competitors are. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to do the best thing that I can do right here and now. And it doesn't matter who they are because it doesn't, it doesn't decide who I am. It doesn't decide who my product is. Now, I think it's an okay idea to know um, what your marketscape looks like. You know, say, okay, this is who's kind of in the market, and this is sort of where my my uh, clients or you know my customers are getting their products from. And but I don't need to copy who my competitors are. I just need to be authentically me. Okay, so let go of competition. Just be you. Be authentically you. And your tribe, your people, your well, they'll show up. Like I told you, I have a lot of people who know me. I don't necessarily know all of them. They've been to a class. They've seen me on social media. They've listened to the podcast, whatever. And I, I adore all of them. I don't, you know, I'm glad that I'm, that they found what they're looking for, but I'm not trying to compete with those who are following me so that they can 
duplicate, replicate, or copy me. Um, that doesn't really matter to me. I'm just going to do the best I can at what I'm doing, especially as it relates to what we're doing in the world of psychedelics and breath work. I'm, there's a lot of imitators out there. There's a lot of people doing stuff with ketamine. It's, it's the new kid on the block that's kind of trendy. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happening with it. But what we're doing at Satori Health and Wellness is way different. And I'm going to just focus on that. And I'm going to teach it to those who I trust. And we're going to build upon this brand. That is it. I'm not trying to copy what my, some of the competitors in the market are. I'm sure there's more than I know. I know of maybe two or so in the market, but I don't spend time investigating and researching and using their products. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to do it really, really well. I'm going to do it damn good. And I'm going to make sure that what I do is a quality product so that if you wanted to experience that, you're going to get the best version of what I have to offer, not a duplication of someone else's offer that I'm copying and calling my own. And finally, the last one before the storm rolls in, number 11, your healing will improve your relationships. This is key, and it really, I love that he ended with this, is that your healing will improve your relationships. Not that your relationships can't help heal you. I mean, certainly I have been in those uh, those scenarios where the relationship is, is quite healing. However, your healing will improve your relationships. The more you work on yourself, the more that you uh, time you spend in those routines, the more you time making rest a priority, the more times you, you uh, make those small steps, embracing change, the times when you let go of the past and all this stuff that you do, that is really healing, okay? We're always healing. And if you say you're not healing, you are... Um, not being honest with yourself. We're always healing from something or someplace. I hate to say, it doesn't mean we're victims. It doesn't mean we're always in pain. It just means that we're, we're constantly being challenged with contrasting experiences that let us know what we want and what we don't want. And we, sometimes we have to heal from those um, and it will improve our relationships. I don't just mean romantic relationships, but re- relationships with our, our family, relationships with, with friends, um, Healing yourself will also uh, potentially reduce your ego um, to showing up in scenarios where there is competition. Um, It will certainly allow you space and grace to not be perfect. And your healing will not only improve your relationships, but it will heal your relationship with yourself, saying, I... I'm still learning about myself. I'm still growing. I, I, I don't know who I am, and it doesn't matter because I'm perfectly content with where I am. Now, I, I, I find this a lot that um, when I've been in relationships where the healing um, with my partner uh, ceased, uh, you know, they, they, they were they were kind of in that other um, that other space where they were doing the habits that I was doing to try to be like me to sort of please me you know it kind of goes into that people pleaser uh one number six but i didn't really need them to be like me i needed them to be like them and their most healed or working on themselves form because i'm going to be working on myself to be to show up the best way that i can as an observer and as a person who's kind and loving not a reactor not violent uh, you know i'm going to show up in the best way that i can honest and truthful but it's going to take me working on myself. I've had many moments where I wasn't that. And I've had many years even where I wasn't that. But 
healing myself improved my the quality of my relationships i can now say that in the relationships that i'm in i you know for the most part the bridges are not burned and we're you know happy with each other even if the relationship is not robust you know it's like you can be away from someone be like oh my gosh i haven't seen you forever i'm so happy to see you not you know i'm glad you're gone or not checking on you you know so healing yourself work on yourself daily friends don't try to say i did this one thing one time and here it is do it daily find a way to work on yourself daily even if that's reading an uplifting book or listening to a podcast i will tell you my day starts with many many things but one of them as i'm leaving campsites or blm land or wherever i listen to uh, abraham hicks almost every day just as a way to get momentum that's just something that I'm really into. When I go to bed, I listen to Ram Das. I do that to work on myself and to heal because um, there's a lot of truth be- behind those two who I believe are pretty realized folks, uh, Ram Das and, and Esther Hicks. And I listen to them for inspiration, for motivation, and really to give myself grace that it's okay to not be perfect because they're teaching me all these things and they're, they're saying it with such authenticity that talks about them moving along their path. So that's really what I want to do to offer to, to you as listeners of the Life as an Observer podcast is show you when I'm, you know, what I do to work on myself and offer you these tools so you can not only have a better relationship with the people around you, but really yourself and things like depression and anxiety will not be as dominant in your life that you can function in in a way that feels free and uh, as i said earlier freedom equals happiness and really that's all we ever want in our life right we just want to be happy some of us may want a car but really what does that do happiness they want a new lover happiness they want an abundance in their bank account happiness they want kids running around happiness animals running around happiness it all equals happiness but you got to start with freeing yourself. You gotta start with freeing yourself. And to do that, you gotta work on yourself. You can't just expect that where you are will automatically um, manifest that state of being. It takes a little bit of work, but not the kind of work that you may think of working hard. It just means you have to do do the routines. You have to show up every day with the intention of I'm healing and it's a good day. Thanks, friends, for listening today to our um, our podcast. Sorry, it's been a little while, but I, I hope to have more of them. More coming soon, uh, some interviews happening, and retreats. So look in the show notes down below if you're at all interested in joining me at any of my retreats or any of my upcoming workshops. Um, would love to have you there. Uh, thank you for your patronage and listening and sharing this this podcast with your friends. If you think they could benefit from it, share it. Uh, tag me in it. Put it on Instagram. Tag Ryan Bean Yoga. I would love that and I will reshare it. Um, this is the reason why I make this is um, as a reminder for myself, uh, I think as a priority of who I'm becoming and how I'm healing, but it also it's really a gift to all of you. And thank you for supporting this and making this dream of mine a reality. Talk to you soon, friends.